run. Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's What You Could Have Run podcast. Today I'm talking to Kerry about the South Downs Away 100, which is another Centurion event, a 100 mile race across the South Downs, a straight point to point run, running all the way from Winchester down to Eastbourne. It was my first 100 mile a couple of years ago and I've definitely got fond memories of it, although it's described as kind of undulating, a lot of it depends on where you live. I'd call it fairly hilly based on Milton Keynes. If you live in the North Football, you probably find it even worse. It's a great race and one I definitely recommend people try. It'll be interesting to see how it goes on this year in November and the slightly longer night and the potential for a lot worse weather, although you could find it's a nice, cool, calm, dry day. And if anything, a bit more pleasurable than the baking hot weather you can get in June when it's held in the summer normally. Kerry is a local runner for Redway Runners here in Milton Keynes. And she's gradually chipping away at joining the 100 Marathon Club, although that journey has been a bit interrupted with the coronavirus currently. Right, with me now is Kerry, who's joining us to talk about the South Downs Way 100, which should take place this weekend. It's another Centurion event, 100 miles across the South Downs Way. Um, thanks for coming, Kerry, and tell us a bit about yourself. Wow. It's always awkward when people say, tell us about yourself. You're like, oh, what should I bore them with? Um, <laughs> I'm 39, which I'm quite pleased about still, because I'm not quite 40 yet. Coming up at the end of the year. <laughs> Yay. Um, uh, started running seven years ago. Um, just so I wanted to get fit, because quit smoking after 10 years. So not long after my 30s and thought, if I don't sort my life out, I'm going to end up chubby um an alcoholic and i didn't want to do that before i was 40 so i thought yeah pick a hobby after 40 running alcoholic, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah so i'll go i picked running and the reason i picked running as our hobby to do was i did cross country at school and i really loved it and um mm-hmm. and once upon a time in my life i was actually quite good at running and won a lot of races across country when i was very little so i thought well i liked that i'll go with that and then it just took off from there and and I did love running again. So I thought because a lot of people that get into this never like running at school and kind of it's not so much rediscovering, yeah. it's realising that perhaps they did like it all along but never realised. Yeah, oh, I loved cross country. I loved the smell of the wet grass, the mud, your team <laughs> spirit. It was good fun. And I won't lie, it was nice winning. <laughs> well, it always helps, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't win anything now. Cool. And your first marathon I saw on Twitter wasn't that long ago, actually. It was when was that? Twenty fifteen. So my first marathon was in twenty fourteen at Milton Keynes. Okay. Um, and then I did quite a respectable time, but it wasn't a time I thought I might do. I don't know why I'd assigned myself this time in my head, and I thought, yes, that's what you're going to do. But I didn't, so I thought I'll have another go. So I went and did Leicester six months later and I was even slower. So this annoyed me. <laughs> so then I thought, okay, I'll do another one just to test this. So I went to do Paris in 2015. And I think I beat my time by about 33 minutes. I was really pleased with that. And that yeah. was my long-standing PB. So I finally got my sub four. Um, and then I thought, well, that was rather fun. I'll do it again. And it, it just carried on. <laughs> well, how many on a minute? 75 <laughs> so you're working point, towards 100 yeah yeah i think when i got to my fifth marathon 
um and I'd met like a few other people through running club and who do lots of marathons and I thought oh you know they do it quite regularly and then someone said oh have you heard about the 100 marathon club and I was like no it's kind of self-explanatory in the title so then (laughs) and I thought well I've nearly done 10 and the thought of doing another 90 seemed absolutely ridiculous but then you kind of get sucked into this goal of how many more can you do and when can you fit them in and then where can you travel to to visit to fit them in and then you start having holidays to marathons and then your whole year is based around your events yeah i i can appreciate that yeah <laughs> and did your other half run at all or um he did when we started running we did it together it was like mr and mrs will get fit we used to go to park runs and then i convinced him to join redway runners um our local running club and we did do milton Keynes marathon together well, I say together, we both ran our first marathons on the same day together. He was faster than me, so he didn't actually run with me. And he's ran Paris and Snowden at the same time as me, but again, not with me. <laughs> he, he is quicker. He wants to go and get the beers in, doesn't he? Yeah. So I've never beaten him at a marathon, which is a little bit irritating. Yeah, you, you certainly win in numbers there, don't you? Yeah. And he, and he can't beat me on distance, ever. <laughs> I'll just keep going further just to make it a little bit harder for him to catch up <laughs> so at the minute you're slowly working through the 100 but slightly still with Covid etc so what was your plan to get to your 100th before this kicked off well pre-Covid so at the moment before Covid even happened I had a lot of marathons put this year and they were being used as training runs towards North Downs 100, which is okay. still in the calendar and still hopefully going to happen. Um, but all my lead up long runs to that event have been cancelled. So I was using them as stepping stone races up to the 100 mm. distance, um, which would have hopefully I would have finished the year on 90 marathons, leaving me with a few to do in spring. And my 100th, I really wanted to be at Milton Keynes next May. But it's just not going to happen like that. <laughs> I really wanted no. my hundredth to be the same as my first because it's our hometown. Yeah, um, I just think it's going to have to be twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three because there's no <laughs> way I can fit in twenty five more official races that are happening anywhere. They're just not happening. So yeah, it's going to so. be tricky, isn't it? And I think we'd be lucky yeah. to get a couple in this year at the minute, but we'll have to get some. But I. I kind of lost, not lost focus. I, it doesn't seem to matter now when it happens. I just think it'll be fun when it does. Yeah, um, some people are definitely I, more about the journey, aren't they? Others are like, they have to get it done in 52 weeks or less, some people go for, don't they? It's yeah. all about setting the record for quickest person to 100, youngest to 100 and all this stuff, isn't it? So as long as my 100th falls on at Milton Keynes, even if I have to wait a whole calendar year and not run one <laughs> race over marathon distance, then that's what it'll be. That'd be <laughs> cool. So on your journey to 100 marathons, then why did you get distracted and start running ultras? Is that not a hard way to do it? Because for anyone that doesn't know, they still only count for one, even if you're on 100 miles, and you have to finish it to count. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about this, and I thought... I, I honestly can't pinpoint the time when I thought I can run further than that. Um, so I don't really know how that started. <laughs> I think it's friends who did multiple marathons. So I'd, I'd done three marathons in three days and I quite liked that. And I thought, mm. oh, the first ultra I did past marathon distance was 
at an event um, our club hosted. So it was a marathon followed by a half marathon on the same day. And um, so it wasn't, a, I suppose, an official ultra. But it was the first one I'd run more than 26 miles in one day. Okay. And then I did the Monster Ultra in Cambridge, which was 42 miles, I think. Because um, I had a few friends doing it. And I just thought it'd be a good challenge. Because mm. you get to a point when you run marathons regularly, and I was doing probably two a month or one a month, um, and you can recover and go back to work and it, it doesn't affect you too much. You need the next challenge. So I thought, well, I'll go distance rather than time. I'm not particularly competitive with time. I'm probably not going to get a good for age while I'm under 40 anyway. Um, and it didn't excite me. I'm not that fast whether I get four hours, four and a half hours, five hours. It didn't make me want to run faster. So I thought, well, running further seemed more appealing. So yeah, that's okay. how it started. So why the South Downs 100 then? So I picked 100 miles because 100 is super far, no matter what way you look at it. <laughs> it's, it's a long way to drive for some people, isn't it? And I hadn't even ran a 50 or 100k at this point, and I knew I wanted to run 100 miles because it just seemed like a really good challenge. And I picked South Downs because I wanted point to point. I particularly looked for a race that was point to point. So I thought, if I'm going to run 100 miles, I want to end up 100 miles away from where I started. I don't. I didn't want my first one to be laps or something similar. I thought I need yeah. to be 100 miles away from wherever that starting point Where you park your car, because it's really handy. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I've, I've got myself there on my own two feet. And um, this would, I don't know, it was an appealing challenge. But then I found out, actually to enter a Centurion race, you have to have run 50 miles. So I was like, oh, so then I had to scramble around to find a race to qualify. For the race that I actually wanted to do, so I did um, Wendover Woods fifty. Oh, nice, so nice easy one, yeah. <laughs> an ideal fifty-mile race to do for your first one. And um, it tied in with my fiftieth marathon, so that was actually by fluke timing. When I realised the event was in November, and I think when I'd booked it, I was on about thirty-seven marathons, so I squeezed in some more to make that one my fiftieth. Mm -hmm. And I convinced my friend Jonathan Clements. That he should do this as well because it was his 50th so we both did it together yeah it's quite a, a hilly hard one i've only been around in the summer for the 50k i can't imagine how much fun that is in the winter well the nice thing if you've never done 50 miles it doesn't you can't got nothing to compare it to you should just do it true and everyone kept telling me it's really hard have you done a lap have you wrecked the route and i was like no um <laughs> <laughs> i've signed up i've paid for it i'm going to do it now and then i I met a friend through Twitter and I thought I will ask him to take me around because he's done it before. So um, that's Brian Trout. So we'd never oh, yeah. met. The guy I'd randomly met on Twitter, sent him a message, arranged to meet him in a car park and he took me to the woods. It was all very um, legit. And he didn't murder He was very anything, gentlemanly. <laughs> I felt very safe. Don't worry. <laughs> don't, don't do the poor guy. Um, but yeah, so he took me for a loop around the woods and I did think, oh my God, what have I booked? I can't believe I've got to do five laps of this. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did finish under the cutoff. So I did so it. you got your qualification race in, that's all that matters, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. So did you do anything in between in terms of distance after the 50 or did you go straight to the 100 in terms of race? I did do South Downs 50. Okay, so, so I did the Wendover Woods in the November, South Downs 50 was the following April um, and I wanted to do that because obviously it's part of the, the 50s part of the same course as the 100. 
So I'd have seen some of it, done a run on it, and you've mm. got an idea of what you're going to do. Uh, thankfully, it's not as hilly as Wendover, um, which was quite good because I actually did it three hours faster than Wendover. So yeah. that kind of boosted me a bit, and I thought I'm really bad at hills and should probably do some hill training at some point in my life. Yeah, that's not that easy yeah. now on games, though, is it? <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, loved loved South Downs 50. Um, had a really good run on that, really nice day. And, um, yeah, I was quite excited to come back for the 100. So, did you, how else did you train then in that period, then, for anyone that's not done a 100? How do you go from marathons and a couple of 50s to doing twice that? Um, I just, I didn't do many super long runs so the furthest distance i ran in one time was the south downs 50 um and i didn't run further than that before so that's about eight weeks before the hundred um i did a lot of back-to-back -back runs so my normal running in the week um sort of 45 60 minute runs some interval sessions do yoga every week strength training every week and then, yeah, weekends are spent back-to-back -back long runs. So 20 miles one day, 15 another day, or I'd do a marathon one day, 10 miles the morning after, things like that, just okay. to build up. But probably no more than, I think I maxed out at like 75 miles in one week because I'd done three marathons in a week. But that was the only reason why. Otherwise, yeah. probably averaging 45, 50 miles a week. Okay. That's still big miles, though, isn't work. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tricky. You are, I'm a little bit limited to what sometimes I can fit in between my shifts because I do 10-hour days. So, yeah, the, the motivation is not always if you've had a tough day at work <laughs> after 10 hours and you're actually getting in after 11 hours to then pop out thinking, oh, I'll just run for an hour and a half now before dinner. <laughs> it's not always that exciting. <laughs> no, especially when weather's yeah. crap and it's winter, etc., isn't it? It's not good. Yeah. So sometimes if I couldn't fit in what I thought I wanted to run in distance, I would run because I thought it's better to be consistent and run on your similar days, if, even if you can't get the volume or the timing you might have wanted. Just try to be consistent and, and keep, yeah, keep your legs moving. Cool, no good advice. And uh, the cut-off is, I think, 30 hours for South Downs. How confident were you on your first 100 that you're going to meet that? Um, I wasn't actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought cutoff wise, in theory, yeah, I thought, yeah, it's achievable because I did the 15, 10 hours, 15. It's not as simple as times it by two, but I did think, mm. well, times by two, I've still got a decent amount of time to allow for that slack in the second half, but nothing works out like that. And then I was really scared about all these people telling me, oh, how the dropout rate for your first hundred, how many people DNF what the weather forecast has been and I started worrying about things I've never thought of yeah and um but yeah I did it because I just I didn't want to be one of these people that is attempting their hundred miles the sixth seventh eighth time and I thought if I'm going to get timed out it'll be I'll be timed out through trying not because I just quit at some being lame <laughs> yeah and that's a good or attitude I've got to, be, to have yeah, or carried off course because I'm genuinely injured and can't finish and, <laughs> and it's dangerous and they're like, please stop. <laughs> so now you're obviously quite active in the Centurion group, so presumably in the week running up to it, there's the usual panic-inducing discussions on what shoes to wear and what weather's like and all this. Did you manage to steer clear of that? Were you getting sucked up in the blind panic? 
no i did get into the hysteria of like and then you have to pack everything and then reach for your drop bags yeah uh, then wonder have i got enough food have i got the right food is my bag too heavy um yeah just general panic yes. <laughs> and actually uh, an odd thing that worried me last minute that i'd not even considered i read probably a very well-meaning post on the centurion group page about women running at night on their own and being careful and then it never occurred to me i might not be okay at night i just thought well i'm in an event and i'm going to run and then i thought what if there are people in the hills waiting for the ladies because they know we're going to come and something happens and i don't have phone signal and i've never thought about these things ever and then i just started getting really odd thoughts about it that was one of my questions later on yeah any advice for women running on their own during night yeah well do you know or anyone running on their own isn't that your woman but yeah i i run actually run quite a lot on my own late late in the evening and i'll run into the night two or one two in the morning i do that at home quite a bit it's quiet it's nice peaceful there's not many people out uh, and the temperature is pretty good and i I've never really felt unsafe. My husband nags me a bit and, and I'll text him and tell him where I am and, and I'll give him an idea of when I'll be back or he frets. But I've never thought in a race or felt unsafe in a race that it, it should worry me until I started reading all these comments about other people telling me I should be worried. And then I was like, maybe I am a bit too blase about this and I should be worried. But normally I don't worry about it and I did start panicking a few days before the race. Too. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you tend not to be on your own too much, don't you, on a big ultra like that, because it's a big field. It's not like I know people have done like the Thames Ring 250, where it's you know limited field over 250 miles, and they get really split up. Whereas three or four hundred people over 100 miles, there's not that big a gap usually. Well, I ended up actually sharing my nighttime section with two nice guys who are also on the race. Um, Ben and James. Ben's a fireman and James is um, an ex-soldier. That's a good mix. Me. Well done, yeah. I know. <laughs> so even my husband was like, trust you to find two men like that to run through the night with. I was like, well, I felt quite safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were really good guys and we kept each other going throughout the whole night because I'd want to walk, they'd walk with me and vice versa. And it, we just kept each other going till the morning, really. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd have quite easily at some point you get so tired and a bit delirious you're going far too slow and you need someone to just say oh you get a move on you're you, you're slacking <laughs> yeah it's making the conscious decisions on the minute you let them go and you know you can be on your own and get slower or you put up with it and push a bit harder than perhaps you would on your own and make the most of it hmm. Cool. So for anyone that doesn't know South Downs Way, it's 100 miles from Winchester to Eastbourne in a straight line, like you said. Um, obviously, logistics-wise, how do you get to Winchester? And how do you get back at the end of it? Um, this is because a very patient husband puts up with my hobbies. <laughs> so he has to book off annual leave when I request him to drive me to said events. Um I didn't want to, I'm a really, I'm really stingy actually with booking hotels and things. So I didn't want to book a hotel that I was going to have to leave at four in the morning because the race starts at six. Yeah. So we camped at the start line. Um, this made me happy actually. So, cause I thought I'm already here. I can't get lost and I can't be late. True. So just <laughs> sleep outside. Run through the tent. It's a tent on the start. 
pitch on the start line. And then you don't even have to worry about the queue for the toilet in the morning because you're right outside the portal which is not the nicest place to have your tent pitched, really, <laughs> on race morning. But it was convenient. <laughs> so, yeah, we sense, slept uh... there. Um, he actually went off fishing for the whole day and night um, in Eastbourne, I think. I don't even know where he was, but he fished somewhere. And all I said was he had to be at the track for the morning and wait. And I was several hours longer than I anticipated so this started worrying him because obviously he'd been now been at the track for a long time um and i'd switched my phone off to save battery so i'd only text him every oh, hour just a panicking really yeah <laughs> yeah so he didn't really know have any idea what i was doing where i was or how long it was going to take me <laughs> i'm kind Quality. like that <laughs> cool so you say it's a 6 a.m start then what's it like being stood in a field at 6am at the start of your first hundred wondering um, if or it how was, it's gonna go yeah it was a really good atmosphere and um i was quite excited and, and just met up with a few people who you know who you know they're gonna do the race you're all chatting and everyone is just such a positive vibe and and i wasn't you think you'd be nervous i just wasn't just kind of wanted to get going but it's a really strange i'm sure you've seen the start of ultras no more in marathons and normal races everyone bombs off and mm -hmm. they're like so they go and everyone just shuffles off really slowly it's really weird and you have a little walk up the tiniest of hills and you're all in a big bunch until you eventually like filter out and get on the trail and off you go so did you have a kind yeah, of pacing strategy or are you just sort of taking it as planned i know some people are very strict you know run five minutes walk one and stuff like that no it was just like jog slow pace um walk any of the hills that like the steep hills i wasn't going to try and run up them it's a waste of energy um i'm not an elite woman i'm not going to be even in the top 10 so i'm not going to start competing for time over them um, i kind of thought the first 50 i might do in about 12 hours or hopefully a little touch longer just so i don't go out too fast and make myself overtired and I think I passed through the 50 mile point, I think it was about five minutes, 12 hours and five minutes, something like that. Well done. Without looking, I think that's about. Yeah. Yeah, so I was happy with that. Um, and then I, you don't really know after that. I've never tried to run further than that. And I just thought, well, I've got, I've got what, I don't know how many hours left now. But yeah, should have enough time to finish. You just got progressively slow until you get to the hideous death march yeah that like, definitely kicks in doesn't it yeah particularly over the night um i, I literally have whole sections of the night i don't really remember you can't see the route let alone remember it it was just a blur and did you manage to follow the route because i think it's quite well way marked and centurion events it's not self-navigation but it's still possible to get lost i certainly did on the hundred no i thought it was really easy it's well signed um the the actual signs for the trail are really easy to follow anyway um the centurion markers are out everywhere the only point well, i didn't really get lost but i knew at the trig point before the finish before you come down into the town mm. it's slightly off course but because I've done the 50, you kind of know where it's coming up. And helpefully, there's a marshal there to go, Oi, this way. Yeah, this okay. way. You you're really tired at this point. Like 98 miles in, and you don't want to miss that turn. <laughs> um, so I kind of knew to look out for someone. And yeah, they were there to make sure we didn't get lost at mile 98. So was that your first time <laughs> running through the night, was it? In an event, yeah. 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 
Um, I didn't mind it so much. It, it's just, it's a bit boring because it go, it's so long. Well, it wasn't <laughs> me because it took ages doing it. But um, yeah, it does get a bit boring and you can't really see much. Um, no, yeah, you are had, missing like, the views, aren't you? Just seeing that little yeah. circle in front of you with the odd cow appearing in it. I had the guys to chat to, so they we kept tell, you know tell each other stories about our races and work and family and yeah, pass the time. <laughs> cool. And uh, you get a drop bag at the halfway point, or well, slightly over at fifty-four miles. So, what do you pack in your halfway box? Especially as you said, that's the furthest you've ever run before. So, how do you get I what you're going to want? Yeah, I'd. I thought, well, I might want socks and new trainers. So that's what I. That was my main thing was a change of footwear to look after my feet, so they'd be more comfortable for the last fifty miles. Uh, food that I thought I might like. I think I had cola, some malt loaf, and cola laces. I love cola laces, nice. um, and I'd been thinking about them for a long time. <laughs> and I knew they were in that bag. Um, I had two packets. And they were my main things and a change of t-shirt. And um, what I really should have packed <laughs> was probably a change of shorts or bottoms because it torrentially rained at about the marathon point. So I was about 26, mm. 27 miles in. It had rained. It was a bit out of the blue. It was unexpected. They'd said no rain today and it did rain. <laughs> heavily for about only probably about 20 30 minutes but enough to be absolutely soaking by the time i'd got my waterproof jacket on i was wet it yeah. came down that hard um and then someone said when we were jogging along oh don't worry we'll have our clothes you've got a change of kit at washington and i was thinking yeah i've got dry shoes and socks and i thought oh, i didn't bring any bottoms <laughs> i have to admit i've never packed dry bottoms either so i'd have been in the same boat to be honest it's well, thankfully the sun came out and I was pretty much, by the time we got there, my shoes were still uncomfortable, so I'm glad I had dry shoes, but um, the skirt, I had a little squat thing on, that was okay, it wasn't too uncomfortable. But I did think next time I might have a just-in-case, I've already thought of my next time anyway, and I'm having a crew because I didn't use crew or paces. Um, and was that and I think, intentional or just you couldn't line any up or you wanted to do it on your own to prove um, hard you are? Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to do it out of my own steam. And I thought, mm. well, they've got well-stocked aid stations. You've got drop bags. It's a well-catered event. Um, so there's you can do it on your own. So I thought, well, if I finish my first one, I've done it pretty much of my own and have no additional support. But then there was a nice lady I was running with at one point and her husband kept meeting her at the crew points and he'd made her pot noodles and then she had tea. And I was really quite jealous about this. And I was like, why didn't I think about this? Why is my husband fishing and not making me pot noodles? <laughs> he can have um, you some fish. <laughs> yeah, so then I just, and, and it, she looked so excited to see him and then I thought, oh, I've got to wait till the morning to see anyone I know. <laughs> so then I thought, how nice it must be actually to see someone that's expecting you and have things ready for you and you feel a little bit looked after. Yeah. Not to I, say I, that the, um, the volunteers are after you great, but it's it's not quite the same as being able to nag your husband and have them help pull you out your Yeah, <laughs> I've definitely been envious a few times where you, you get to an A station with someone you've been running with for 10 miles and they're, yeah, hugged by the wife or husband and given whatever yeah. their favourite snack is and you're eating slightly stale sandwiches and talking yeah. to the fence post on your own <laughs> sort of thing. 
Don't yeah, have that noodle. I was like, I really wanted that pot noodle. And I was <laughs> oh, why do you get to have hot food? <laughs> and I haven't. One of the races I did, the guy was met with a pint of ice cold milk. It's not that I ever would have picked, but because he's drinking this pint of ice cold milk, I'm like, oh, I bet that's good. Yeah. I was well upset I didn't have that, but there you go. But yeah, then there's some of the food at some stops you think you'd never eat, and then you see it and you think, oh, perfect. I really liked cucumbers. Um, I would never normally eat that. There's not much nutritional value in a cucumber. No. But it's, it was really refreshing and it was nice. Um, so, yeah, I hope they keep them. And ate a lot of cheese. And you didn't Very look nice. at the saucy rolls and attempted by one then, were No, vegetarian. <laughs> Don't eat sausage. I do wonder <laughs> that because you get, you do, do sometimes see like vegans at A stations, don't you? And they're kind of like, ooh, what's vegan safe and all this? And you're thinking, 80 miles in, as long as it's not actually got a face on it, I think surely you'd be, you know, you could let yourself off once and have the yeah, odd bit I, of cheese. I, I normally just want um, white bread and butter um, and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> a Quite healthy, balanced eat, really. diet of a vegetarian. Yeah, just some white bread. <laughs> um, and I'd never eat that at home, but they, it's not really the time to be eating granary seeded <laughs> no, we just eat whatever you fancy don't you really yeah and something that you can digest easy yes white bread's great <laughs> so you ran through the night and then the morning a lot of people say it's wonderful watching the sun come up and invigorating did you find that no it was really <laughs> <laughs> it was really irritating and everyone has said to me oh the night will seem really long uh, but when the sun comes up and it'll be on your face, it'll lift your spirits and, and you'll get like a new lease of life. It was just generally annoying because I was really tired. The sun did come up. It's It was summer. It was hot. It, it was annoying me. I felt sweaty. Um, yeah, it was just generally not as fun as I'd hoped. <laughs> you're, you're selling that bit of it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when you're looking forward, oh, the sunrise, is it pretty? I was just pretty miffed at this point and i was so tired and i'm aching and i kind of wanted to enjoy it and i was kind of laughing in spite of myself that i was actually cross and i probably should enjoy it and i wasn't you didn't feel <laughs> Did like a bad after having run all through the night <laughs> sorry did you feel like a bad after having run all through the night like a big tough person do you know i did when i got to the town i did when you were, when you finally hit the town, you start seeing real people. Yeah. Um, but you really want them to know because you just look like some casual jogger out, especially with the pace you're trying to do. You feel like you're sprinting, <laughs> um, but you're just shuffling along at like really poor jogging pace. And they must think, "Oh, look, poor love, she's probably new." Yeah, she's you really want to go ninety-nine <laughs> miles. Um, get out my way. Yeah, I'm not awful. <laughs> I'm just very tired. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you do feel pretty champion when you're coming near the finish. It's cool. Good. And the, um, I just did speak earlier before we started recording about the South East A station over the railway bridge, which yes. everyone's done. It's, yeah, it's hard work going up over a railway after 80 odd miles, isn't it? Yeah, so you've got to climb up the steps, get over the bridge. I think there's some more steps, if I remember. And then you go down into this little checkpoint. I was so tired at this point um, and I was quite hungry and I saw our friend Sheila and she made me a cup of soup. A cup <laughs> of soups are not normally that nice, but when and you're hungry, nice, you want, no. <laughs> no, 
it was so, a golden vegetable. Um, and it was just, I don't know, something really nice and salty and cheap about it that made it good. <laughs> oh. And I dunked quite a lot of white bread in it and it was nice. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was after all that, yeah. Yeah, she saw me on my way. So at what point did you realise you were definitely going to finish or were you confident the whole way? Were there any bits you kind of doubted yourself? That I did have a bit of a wobble at the last checkpoint. The last I don't remember. Is it around... Uh, 84 or 90. I'll have a quick look. Uh, Alfriston is 91 or Jevington's 95. And he's up a couple of I steps. think it's Jevington. Yeah, do you go into a little a little hall? Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, 10 yes. steps up and back down or something from memory. Yeah, and I went in there. They were ever so lovely. And, and I washed my hands and face, which was quite refreshing. And then I asked, how long did I have left? And I think actually... I think about four hours at this point, which seems really long time, but not when you're walking at like half an hour <laughs> per mile pace, it's not. And then I had a, ma a real actual meltdown at about 97 miles, panicking, thinking I'm going to get timed out. Oh, that um, would be hard, wouldn't it? And I ran, I say ran, ran. <laughs> it's probably about 15 minute mile pace. Um, mile 98, 99, because I did get genuinely panicked. And then I realised when I got into the town, I only had a mile left. I stopped running and I was with Ben at this point. And I was like, well, let, let's just walk the last mile. And because um, we still had an hour left. And then I was yeah. happy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did genuinely panic because I was so slow at one point. I thought, oh my God, what if I get timed out in the last few miles to go? That would be and, harsh, um, wouldn't it? Because they, you know, Centurion are very supportive, but they are strict on the cutoff, aren't they? So if you're two seconds over, they don't like let you slip yeah. through, do they? It's thanks and come back next year. But it's useful for looking forward to another hundred mile race because I do think having crew would really help. Uh, because I did spend a lot of time in in aid stations mm. uh, trying to sort myself out and. Just trying to work out what you want and get yourself together and repack your bags um, and it would be nice to have a crew member to help you do it fast and just tell you to go um so yeah definitely i've probably over when i calculated over two hours where it stops messing about yeah i've done Which, some other ultras where they time you in and out of the a stations and even when you're trying to be quick it is shocking looking back at yeah 18 minutes it, spent eating a sandwich yeah. <laughs> I may have needed some of it to be honest because the only thing well if I hadn't have rested would I have been able to have carried on mm. you don't know do you so I don't want to be too harsh on myself it's my it was my first attempt I finished finished within the cut off did it but then it does give you a bit better idea of like how to work out your plan for the next attempt and did you sleep at all or just keep going can I know some people I thought power naps a lot of 10 20 minutes and no it, but I never have no I don't I'm I've been a nurse and a midwife. I can stay awake on night shift for insane hours. <laughs> that, that doesn't bother me. I've worked ridiculous shifts on, on night shifts. So you could have stopped halfway through and delivered a cow and won the cow yeah, fields, could you, and cracked on? Okay. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've nailed the endurance on that. I, I can do sleep deprivation easily. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's oh. just the, the keep moving a bit faster than walking pace. <laughs> Well, the Eastbourne is a track finish, so you said you kind of walked in the last mile or so to enjoy it. Did you save a sprint yeah. finish for the track? 
well, I wouldn't say sprint finish. You get to this last <laughs> long, I suppose it's like Milton Keynes Redway bit, and then you can turn left at the end and you can see the track. So we walked to this point and I stuck my head around the corner to see like, oh, there are people there. There were. See if the taxi <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're looking, they're obviously looking out for you. And I could see my husband. So then I sat like way frantically. Um, and then he jogged around the chapter of the track with me. Uh, which was really nice and then Ben waited for me to do my loop and then he ran with his daughter doing his loop so we oh. we allowed each other like the the track bit on our own see so that intruded each other's nice. finish line photos uh... yeah and I think James finished not not long um after us with his family so yeah That's nice, yeah yeah it? get out my photo thanks thanks for spending the last 10 <laughs> hours <laughs> <with me. laughs> So how did you feel finishing? Did you believe you finished? Were you a bit numb or? Um, yeah, I was just ridiculously tired. <laughs> and um, I, I was really, really excited. And my husband thought I was going to cry. Because he goes, you're not going to cry? And I was like, no. And I just really couldn't speak. I, I was just like in this strange zombie trance. Um, yeah, just kind of a bit numb from tiredness and exhaustion. I guess yeah. you finished what came up to about midday-ish, roughly, 10 o'clock, something like that. I can't work out the hours in my, in my head, but it's not, it's, it's weird finishing when the rest of the world's almost starting the day, isn't it? Yeah, because it was everywhere in town was very much awake. There was a lot of traffic. There's quite a lot of people around. Um, that's what I mean. They must be looking at us thinking, what the hell? Because we just yeah. look like the walking dead. <laughs> it's just <laughs> staggering through town, uh, snotty, sweaty, looking tired. It's, it's not a good look. But um, yeah, I'm not a fussy girl. <laughs> and how do you get, did you sort of stay overnight there or just go straight home or what? I know some people like to almost crash out no, on the we, floor. We went straight home. Well, I, I got a shower. I could barely move um, because luckily there wasn't actually the many finishers or people around anymore. They let David into the ladies' changing rooms to help <laughs> me because I was just He finally got his I, life dream there, yeah. Yeah. So he had to, he did help shower me and put me in, in my comfy clothes. And I, I crawled into a sleeping bag and he strapped me in the, the car and, and I just slept the whole way home. Nice. Yeah, it took, it was about, I think it was about three and a half hour drive home. Don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear cool so uh how do you feel it went then what lessons did you learn for next obviously you're planning another hundred so it obviously didn't put you off no not at all and i never i was never one of these people like oh i'm only going to do one i know what i'm like um so i know it's never going to be just once and i it kind of made me want to do another one, not try and not necessarily beat my time, but just to have that experience again of really mm. pushing yourself because marathons, you can push yourself in different ways. Like if you want to race your time, like I said, but that it's just not as challenging for me. I, I want to push myself to extreme exhaustion um, to know like, yes, this is my limits. Um, and for now, a hundred really tests my limits. So if that was a massive challenge and i just want to feel that again and i don't think i'll ever get to a point where hundreds become comfortable <laughs> so yeah. i think I, yeah i found a really good challenge that i can probably manage to do one maybe two per year we'll see excellent i mean i think so many things can go wrong in a hundred can't they even the the pros and the experts 
know that they can have the best plan in the world and it won't always go to target yeah but that's that's kind of the fun of doing that distance exactly. challenge <laughs> so would you recommend this race to others is it good for a first time or for a hundred or would you recommend something a bit flatter or no i think it's great i actually think flat might actually be deceptively hard because there's no change in elevation there's no mm when you've got the slight change in elevation some ups and down different terrain it, it just keeps your your muscle groups busy your mind busy if it's all flat 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 this could i can think that can get a bit relentless yeah i think the tens path is a bit more of a dropout right doesn't it? i think people the relentless flat kills them almost yeah but um, I think it's quite good if you want to challenge your time or you're, you're trying to go, like particularly sub 24, I guess, it's, of course it's going to be easier on a flatter course. Mm. But, um, so there's that option. Cool. So on a, on a wider topic then, obviously uh, you're a female yourself, but participation in marathons and ultras is still pretty low. I know Centurion has done a lot to try and bring that up, but it still seems in the UK that half it's kind of almost equal often a few more women than men why do you think less women are keen in doing marathons and ultras other than probably a bit more common sense <laughs> so it's a really hard one i think about this a lot and like, you get asked this a lot and um, mm. in the in my running club we're almost 50 50 split on membership so i'm actually surrounded by a really good even mix of both genders um, I was captain of our cross-country team for a long time and um, we often had more women than men running and so from in my immediate group in our town actually there's a lot of women who do run yeah but when you go to the races apart from like the big city races like world majors you've you've still got a good representation of women you don't really notice it until you start doing the ultras actually not many of us do them and I don't know if it's just because they just don't want to. I, I don't know if they feel particularly excluded because it's it's such a friendly sport. If if they're put off or worried that it's too competitive or too male orientated, I just think that's they're wrong, you know. And they they should give it a go if that's what's putting them off. But I, I don't think it is. I just maybe they're just not that stupid and <laughs> just think I'm not doing that. No, maybe I they generally. Feel about that, isn't they? Yeah. Maybe they genuinely don't have the time. Um, I don't know. I, I, we're quite hobby orientated in our family. So um, my husband's got loads of hobbies. I, I have lots of interests um, and I'm pretty selfish with them. I'm just like, that's what I want to do. And if that takes up most of my week, then that's what it does. That's it's, good attitude to have, yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, um, and, uh, yeah, maybe not everyone has that luxury of time to do the really longer events. Yeah, I mean, you were saying you were doing back-to-back -back long runs on the weekend, so that is, yeah, half your weekend and, um, on running, isn't it, for most people? Yeah, and although I am, I don't know if I'd call 39 young, 40 young, youngish, um, I had our children really young, so both our daughters are grown up, so I don't have the pressures of Changing that childcare, <laughs> and um, I can leave them because they're 18 and 23, so they don't need supervision. It's, it's quite handy the younger one drives because she'll pick me up for marathons so i'll actually get a lift <laughs> quite nice particularly our local ones so i'll be like oh, i'll finish about half two could you pick me up from coldy pot please no <laughs> it's like oh god mum <laughs> it's, it's good 
Excellent. So, yeah, so. I don't have yeah those commitments that I guess other women may have. So, would you uh, any advice then for women looking to try ultras? Yeah, if you want to do it, give it a go. Just try. What what have you got to lose? And if anything, I think it's such a different goal and mindset. You don't. It's not competitive. You don't have the same time pressures. It's actually really enjoyable. And you get to explore the outdoors a lot and you're just outside and get a lot of headspace. It's great. Excellent. Cool, thanks, yeah. And so, yeah, what's your next running challenge? You said it's probably the North Downs 100 if it happens. Yeah. So hopefully, and it's looking pretty likely. Mm. I suppose the only thing that's knocked my confidence is all the lead-up races that I had hoped to do, including the North Downs 50, has unfortunately been cancelled because of yeah. covid so you're kind of going into it in a very I, I don't feel as prepared as i'd have liked um and having i'm not overly experienced in ultras it does kind of knock your confidence a bit so yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> okay best of luck for that then and then yeah. um yeah hopefully yeah we all want to get back to races don't we it's just increasingly looking the smaller stuff, I think it's got more chances in it. The bigger stuff is, yeah, looking very doubtful, I think, for this year. Yeah, the really big city marathons, it, we just haven't got the capacity to have crowds like that safely. But I, mm. I guess with ultras and the smaller marathons, you've got the or race directors have got the chance to, to put social distancing in mm. place and make things a bit safer and manage the, the field a bit better so it could be safer. Um, and hopefully we will be able to get back out with our friends yeah. doing doing what we like. And even stuff like park run, I'm sort of missing now. It's yeah, certainly miss running with friends. Yeah, it's getting a bit better now with the six people, isn't it? But yeah. Cool. And if anyone wants to follow your exploits, are you on Twitter or Instagram or any of those? <laughs> um, or you can not yeah, say. No, <laughs> no yeah, uh, I don't. My Twitter is Curly Twigs, it's X Curly Twig X, and I think that's the same as my Instagram. I don't really use Instagram, don't look at it. It's probably, I've not updated that for ages, don't know what's on there. Yeah, some um, people, yeah, bit, feel... people seem to be either Twitter or Instagram focused, don't they? It seems to be one or the other. Yeah, oh, I've, I've been on Twitter probably since it started. Okay, yeah. um, usually on there moaning about random things or posting pictures <laughs> of my food. So, yeah, don't get too excited if you follow me and think, what the hell is this girl on about? <laughs> but i'm there if you want to come give me a wave <laughs> excellent cool well, thank you very much well yeah best of luck for north downs 100 and i hope it goes ahead Bye. thanks to kerry there for the interview and i hope that's given you a flavor of what a great race the south downs way 100 is it's one that i think i might well go back to myself in a couple of years because it's just it's a brilliant day out and it's certainly a highlight of the racing calendar Away from real races, if anyone's been doing the virtual race across Tennessee, the 1,000-kilometre race organised by Lavs. This morning I was quite pleased to get my last few miles knocked off and I've completed the 634.84 miles across Tennessee. I'm debating about whether or not I should turn around and run back again. I said before, virtual races aren't usually my thing, but I've certainly enjoyed this and also the Centurion One Community event that was the last week in May. And if anyone hasn't seen, and Centurion have just launched a new virtual event, One Up, 
where it's all about trying to get a vertical gain with varying targets you can aim for. Being in Milton Keynes, it's a little bit tricky, I have to say. With I know a few people have been trying to scope out local hills to try and work out how many reps, because you do only have a week to try and get your elevation gain in. Stay tuned for more podcasts. I've got a few lined up, and if there's any races you'd like to see, then drop us a message. Until next time. Game over.